We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the transfer show on True Faith. Usually a patron show going out for free this week. Uh, lots, lots of exciting gossip to chat about. I am joined by Norman Riley. How are you doing, mate? Hello, mate. Good to be here. Glad to chat with you and obviously to engage with patrons as ever. As ever, as ever. And we've we've got Pete back as well. How are you doing, Pete Davey? Yeah, very good. Very good. Always good to chat to you boys um, and, and talk uh, transfer. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, man, it's the podcast, the dream. And, and Norman, come come dream with us. <laughs> um, so a, few, a few things that have been going on this week from our last installment. If you haven't checked that out, um, Patron um, has it. And please sign up. And if you like what we do, um, it's about six sixty a month for countless uh, extra podcasts a month. About, how was it? Well over 20 odd, 30, 30, 30 extra podcasts a month. Um, so do go and check it out. Loads of great shows. Um, loads of Norman on as well. So if you if you like if you like getting your Norman fix, sign up to Patreon on True Faith. Um, so alternatively, sorry, go on, go on. Alternatively, don't let I put don't let I put you off. There's plenty of other good stuff on there. <laughs> There's loads. There's loads. So this week, transfer wise, um, so one of the pl- players that we were talking about last week, uh, Jesse Lingard, the Athletic now pouring a bit of cold water over this, saying that we've already dropped out of a of a pursuit there. So maybe. Maybe he has his heart set on something else. Maybe something's already been uh, settled there. and But we don't know yet. This is all just speculation, conjecture, but Athletics seem to have um, their sources saying that that's, that, that's over. The, the Trippier thing, a bit more um, better news on that front. Uh, there's some sources saying that um, £15 million would be enough um, to take him away and bring him home um, to, to Newcastle. Um, the Mail are saying that Simeone will let him go if they can find a replacement. Um, other outlets, um, certain radio stations who like to uh, provoke for traffic, um, they're saying 25 million. So, you know, there's there's probably a bit of balance in there um, as well. Um, in terms of our d- director of football pursuits, sli- slightly different um, kind of transfer. Um, a man who would be in charge of recruitment is Dan Ashworth from Brighton. Um just want to talk a bit about Dan Ashworth. Um, Pete, what, what what are your thoughts on 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 Ashworth's potential arrival? Um, do you see this as kind of like? Do you think this is a short term thing till, till summer, or do you see him as the appointment that they've kind of been searching for? 
I have to be honest, I'm really, really excited about uh, the potential of him coming in. Um, I think... I think as Newcastle fans, when the takeover first happened, we had all the names of you know, Emma Lano, uh, Lewis Campos, uh, Raf Ragnick, uh, who's now at Manchester United. All of these top level sort of technical directors, sporting directors, directors of football, whichever one you, whichever term you want to call them, uh, we were linked with the best of the best, and um, and the more, probably the more high profile, but actually. Um, I'm excited about the Dan Ashworth uh, potential appointment because I think it tells us the type of direction that the club wants to go in, uh, in terms of how they want to set up the future of the club. Now, if you look at Dan Ashworth in, 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 in isolation um, with the, the role that he did with England, uh, and building that DNA in terms of what England wants wanted to be in terms of really building from the youth all the way up, building the or setting the groundwork. He was a part of that. He's then gone to Brighton and done exactly the same. Um, and it basically tells me that rather than going out and buying all these like very expensive top young players across Europe, that he actually wants to build uh, from within. Um, and that's what Newcastle fans have always wanted. If you go back to, you know, the last number of years, we we have we have jumped on the fact that the likes of Sean Longstaff and, and Matty Longstaff and, and various other young players that have come through the youth ranks um, and, and made a, a career at Newcastle or gone and, gone on and beyond. Um, you go back as far as Andy Carroll, for example, um, and Dan Ashworth is is, is that type of. Um, sort of director that likes to build from within and create um, uh, the club sort of in his image of what he wants. And you look at Brighton, Brighton have done exactly that. They've, built, they've brought in some some very, very good young players into the first team and they keep churning those players through. Um, but as well as that, they've built a fantastic infra infrastructure infrastructure, should I say, it, it, at Brighton. They've got one of the top European training facilities um, that he's overseen as well. Uh, and I'm just really excited of, of the prospect of him doing something similar at Newcastle United and, and it not being sort of very, you know, over the top and lavish like, like the, the likes of Lewis Campos has done and been successful doing, by the way. But um, it, it's a different type of model. Um, so I'm excited to see what, what the potential is and, and hope, hopefully that they've got the same vision as Dan, Dan Ashworth when they when or if they have met already. Norman, your thoughts on, on, on Dan Ashworth um, and whether you think he'd be a good fit? Peter covered it very well and I completely agree with what he said. The idea of someone coming in who isn't just going to make top-level changes, so sort of immediate uh, cosmetic changes, you know, just uh, again, Emanalo type figure who will come in and just bring in massive players. That's it. Nothing, nothing from the bottom up, right? That's kind of changes at the top immediately. I love the idea and I think a few of us have said this on podcasts um, immediately after the takeover was announced that what we want to see is a club change, so, sort of root and branch, right? And Ashworth, Ashworth would come in and he would change the club from the bottom up and it would be a case of developing uh, the academy, bringing through youth players as PTAs. And for me, that is absolutely vital because there's a huge catchment area up in the northeast of England and it's been such a long time since we've had any real genuine quality come through the youth system. I look at Chelsea now, I look at um, Man City, Man United, even to a certain extent, Liverpool, the, youth, the young players that they bring through their own academies, that's exactly what I want at Newcastle. And for me, Dan Ashworth seems to fit that mould. And obviously, he's had a great working relationship with uh, Graham Potter. They've worked in tandem very well. So you like to think that, obviously, how 
and Pot are very much of a they're a similar ilk, right? They're the kind of young British new breed of manager, and I think that uh, Ashworth and Hope would work together really well. And it's 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 incredibly exciting, it really is. It it shows that the new ownership want to make changes that are going to last for the long term, as opposed to just spending a load of money, basically avoiding doing what Everton have done. Um, if you look at Everton bringing in bringing in their man who's left recently, Brands, I think it was. They just went out and bought a load of money, about spent a load of money on on players who didn't really fit the mould, kind of players who weren't necessarily at the top level and it's backfired spectacularly. So it's good to see that we're, we're planning something different. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned Everton there. They remember the summer they bought three number 10s. <laughs> and I think it was like, what was it like? Uh, was it Klaassen? They had Sigurd, Sigurdsson and then we had Rooney because there yeah. was an opportunity to get him in. So they kind of brought three number 10s in. No no direction with the recruitment at all. And, and the points you make, lads, are really, really good. You know, that somebody who's... Who's he's got a proven track record in the Premier League as well, working with England. Like you say, in, in, this in, the integration, the fact that these guys will know each other, that that's that's going to come into the thinking, I think, of the owners because they want this integration because we're having to kind of do everything on the fly, on the rush, things back to front because we're doing it mid-season. And I think any any integration wins, existing relationships that you know that that you kind of get a good feeling from. Yeah, I, I think that's always going to put hopefully somebody in um, pole position. Now, the, it's been reported on a number of outlets, um, Sky Sports amongst others. Uh, I think the, the feeling is that although Brighton would be incredibly disappointed to see him go, it, it feels like they're not going to stand in his way as well. So that, that kind of language is quite encouraging if, um, if if we get it. And it could be one of the most important signs, obviously, that we make um, the, this this season, sort of looking forward and having a plan. Um and certainly with him operating in Brighton, a, a team that very much understands that, you know, the bottom half of the table and the challenges that that brings. Yeah, I think I, th I think it could be a smart call, but we'll see how how that one how that one develops. Um, but yeah, um, lots of outlets, um, 90 minutes as well, saying, you know, in terms of the January transfer window, we're looking to bring in as many as six players, um, which might include two loans. And I think, you know, the way that results have gone, this, as, as much as we might not have expected too much from the from you know those encounters against some of the you know the, the big six, then it still it still means that we need points, and it still means that we're probably going to have to go big and make a few statements in January and and but make some sensible calls. Now that we've been looking through the the, the, the transfer room, a long list that we've got, um, and the, the lads have picked out a couple of um, a couple of players here and there that we, we're going to go into a bit more detail on. Um, I mean, one one that you one player that you both picked out um, was was Lloyd Kelly. Um, Pete, do you want to do you want to start on Lloyd Kelly and what do you think? What do you think of his chances of, uh, of bringing here and 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 you know uh, what he might bring to the side if he was to to sign? Um, I think Lloyd Kelly <clears throat> brings uh, a little bit of the unknown because a lot of a lot of people don't really know too much about him. Um, as, as a player, particularly in the Premier League, I think when his name was first linked, a, a lot of the reactions on social media was like, "Like, who's that?" Uh, they don't really know too much about it. But um, I think Lloyd Kelly is probably the blueprint of what Eddie Howe wants to build at Newcastle United. Um, and uh, we look at our centre backs currently, and although they have a level of experience, what they do lack is those raw attributes. That, uh, that you want uh, in a defender. So you want a, a defender to be to be um, switched on. You want a defender to be 
big and tall. You want them to be good in the air. You want them to be fast and and sort of have that recovery pace to get back in and make challenges last ditch if necessary. Lloyd Kelly has that ability. Okay, he's still a young young enough player to be able to develop and even get better. Um, and I think with with Lloyd Kelly uh, as a signing, I think it would be one of those ones that that would be made, and maybe there wouldn't be the sort of fanfare around it. But I think a Lloyd Kelly coming in would actually turn out to be a fantastic piece of business if we were able to get that done. Now, you know, we're in a difficult scenario because you know he's currently at Bournemouth, and Bournemouth are what sitting in the, near the top of the Championship, looking to get back into the Premier League. You're thinking to yourself. Why would they want to sell? Um, it could well be that um, that Lloyd Kelly is asked to leave. Now he knows that there is, there is interest in it from Newcastle United, um, and the chance of working with uh, Eddie Howe again it could could be something of a real interest with him. And you look at Newcastle United, the look at, you look at the new takeover, you look at the potential of the club. There are players that will want to come and play for us. There is no doubt about it, and Lloyd Kelly would certainly be one of them. How much it would cost? Who knows? Um, but I, I, I actually believe that would be one of the one of the better buys um, in this transfer window. We need a player in in central defence urgently, and I think he'd be the one that could come in and really make a, a, an instant impact. Spot on, Pete. I, I'm I'm buzzing about the potential of signing this kid. Um, you know, he's 23 years old, so he's got loads of, of years ahead of him. As a centre half, the fact that he's already captain Bournemouth at the age of 23, despite the fact that Gary Cahill's in the squad, so he, you know he captain Bournemouth in Steve Cook's absence. They've got Gary Cahill, but Parker thought Kelly was, you know, mature enough to take the captain's armband. Um, you know, the, the kid was he's brought up in foster care with his um, with his siblings, which you might think is totally irrelevant. But what it shows to me is that this is a kid who's kind of come through adversity, right? And that maybe leads into how he's how mature he is and the fact that he's you know he's been given the captain's armband as I say he's left footed he's a left footed centre half as well which is which is huge you know he, he came through a Bristol City and it, I think for most of the time he was at Bristol City he actually played at left back and it was I think how bought him thinking that he could more limit with a very good centre half um and you know they paid quite decent money for him Bournemouth I guess 13 million um but he's proved to be fantastic he's he's short for a centre half he's only 5'10 but the fact is that he's his positional sense is absolutely fantastic. What, what I've heard, um, I mean, Scott Parker called him a, a Rolls Royce of a defender, um, and they reckon that he's um, he's kind of ability to uh, kind of when teams are pressing. The fact that he's got this pace and his ability to read the game means that, like, if you're leaving space in because you're pressing, he's supposed to be supremely good at, at covering it. Which suggests to me he's got what I would call the skills that a sweeper might have had. You know, like a sweeper back in the day in the sort of early nineties. That that kind of technical ability. So. Hopefully, there's a little touch of the uh, early '90s Italian defender about him. That's, that's, the, impression. <laughs> yeah. that's the impression I'm getting. Um, and 10, 10 under twenty-one caps for England. You know, this is a, a really good play. He did have so Bournemouth signed him when they were still in the Premier League house last season at the club, and unfortunately, he got um, really bad ligament um, damage. I think so. He's out for most of the season. Only played eight times, but obviously in the Championship, he's been he's played played most of the games since then. Um, so that suggests to me that that he's fit as well. And I think he's learning. He's learning under Scott Parker, who I, who I believe is a is a good manager. I know like his record at Fulham might suggest that, but he's a probably a good manager for players to learn from. Um, so it, it, I, he's the kind of player that I really, really want to see us sign. The stumbling block might be obviously that 
Bournemouth don't need to sell at the minute because they've still got parachute payments. They're probably already promoted, as you said, Pete, in that, that, that quote and silly money, something along the lines of 50 million. It'll not be 50 million, but it'll be big money. And you've also got Liverpool sniffing around as well. So obviously Liverpool will go in for him. You'd think, well, if he's got a choice between Liverpool and Newcastle, despite Newcastle's wealth, the fact is we are in a relegation battle, so we might have a little bit of competition there. However, all in all, I would be over the moon if we signed this kid. I think he's got a lot of potential. And I think you'd see him in the England team within a couple of years if he gets in the Premier League. Absolutely. But, you know, looking at his um, contract situation, he's got about two and a half years to run on that. So you're right, you know, they'll be, they're in a very strong negotiating position, uh, Bournemouth. But what I really like about the sounds of him, you know, this, this versatility, like you say, he can play left back if, we, if you know, um, if required. He's a left-footed centre-back, otherwise by trade. And, you know, his mobility, we, we, we're too slow at the back. We get done too easily. And, you know, the faster the faster defenders that we have, then the higher up the pitch we can play. And, the, and you know, it, everything, everything affects everything. So, um, yes, certainly getting a, a, a fast centre-back in and, you know, in Kelly, highly... Highly revered, then it could be a could be a smart move, but as Norman mentioned, might well um, be an expensive one. Um, Norman, um, you, you've been having a look at a, a couple of uh, Arsenal players that were linked with, um, and uh, yeah, one of the players has sort of been in in action the last couple couple of weeks is uh, young striker Eddie Nketiah. Um, it, it's it's a it's a player that Chris Woff uh, poured. You know, again, poured cold water on this. It's not a name he's been heard mm-hmm. during the round, but not, that's not to say that um, you know other people haven't heard other things. He's coming to the end of a contract. What are your thoughts, Norman? Do you like him? Well, I've seen him. I like him. I like him on Wednesday night when he smashed in three past Sunderland or Tuesday night. Uh, <laughs> very much like him at that point. But in Ketty has one of the players that pre-season we did a podcast um, and, I, and I spoke about possibly bringing him on alone. I thought, you know, we, we need to look around at teams like Chelsea, teams like Arsenal, teams like Liverpool to see see those players who, are, who aren't getting games, who've come through their uses but are really good players and would benefit us. And I thought Nketiah is, is cover for Callum Wilson would have been absolutely superb. Um, and I, st- I still think that. I still think that it's cover for Callum Wilson. However, what we've got to ask ourselves is, do we need cover for Callum Wilson or do, or do we need someone who's going who's gonna to be able to play alongside him immediately or challenge him? We need someone really equally as good as Callum Wilson because we're in a very, very tough relegation battle. Eddie Nketiah's record in the Premier League, where well, he's record across his career in terms of goal scoring, you know, it, it's not great. It's, it's basically one in five. You know, you can argue that he hasn't actually played that many games, hasn't had really a consistent run inside. A lot of his appearances have been a substitute. And you look at his England under 21 record, which is 16 and 17. I mean, that's phenomenal, right? But I'd be happy to see him coming in. However, however, if we're only going to sign one forward, I think it needs to be somebody who can, you know, kind of hit the ground running in terms of goal scoring. Somebody who's got a bit more experience, um, but ultimately more established, basically someone who's who who has played first team football for a, at least a few seasons. But th- th- that's that that would be my preference. As I say at the start of the season, when we were, you know, under Steve Bruce and Mike Ashley, and we needed backup for Wilson and Kenny Adam, would have been a no-brainer if we could have got him. However, the situation that we're in right now at this precise moment in time, whilst I like him as a player, I don't necessarily feel that if, if we're bringing a centre forward and he would be the man that I would I would kind of be looking at. I'd be looking at someone with, as I say, um, more experience and a bit more of a, a track record to this point. Yeah, I mean, he's a player who has suffered a few disciplinary problems as well. A few rogue... I, mean, I remember watching him in a, in a game and he, he came on as a substitute and ended up getting sent off as well as a substitute. Like, he has that side of him, but he's he's got obvious talent but I, I see what you're saying Norman about that you know somebody who 
it's just going to, because what we need, I think, is someone to kind of take the, take the pressure off Callum Wilson. You know, he, we're, everything is right on his shoulders. There's too much right on his shoulders. We, if he gets injured, we're in trouble. We need somebody who can shoulder that kind of responsibility and lead the, lead the line from the front. But, you know, as a player, as an, as an opportunity that, that that's present itself in terms of his contract, yes, he's going to have a lot of suitors. He he does present he does pose quite an interesting, um, you know, potentially shrewd move. I think on 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 a kind of uh, free contract, but it remains to be seen if we're going to you know make a move in January, maybe for a a smaller fee um, to sort of help our relegation woes. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But another one, um, Norman, um, from Arsenal, a midfielder, is um, El Nani. Um, what do you make of him? Do you, do you, what do you think he would bring to the midfield? I think El Nani would be an absolutely ideal signing given the position we're in right now. In fact, when I was at Arsenal the other week, I said El Nani is a player that we, we could look at because he's not he's not a regular in the side, right? He's he's experienced, he's got obviously quite a bit of Premier League experience. Um he's a you know, he's an international footballer for Egypt, lots of caps for Egypt. And he's combative, right? He's a combative, I would say kind of he can play a box to box. He's not a goal scorer, right? We know that. I mean he scored a belt and goal against Newcastle, but he's not a goal scorer. That that doesn't really matter. I think what you have to do is you have to look at what we've got. And if we need a, a, a box-to-box tough, tough tackling midfielder who can close down space, um, is he better than, let's say, Isaac Hayden? Yes, I believe I believe that he is. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, he's the kind of player, I think, in a relegation battle, we really, it, it would be it would be great. He'd be an excellent sign. I'm, I'm thinking if we got someone like Kellyan or Tarkovsky and Elneny, that, those two in the Spain straight away would, would improve it. It would improve it immediately. So, And, and I think also he's probably a player we could pick quite cheaply in Premier League terms because... He's not a regular at Arsenal. He was out on loan, I think, in Turkey last season, perhaps. So my, my guess is Arteta probably does want to offload him. And if they ain't get a half-decent fee for him, get him off their wage bill, gives Arteta a bit of money to play with, then for, for me, I'd, I'd take him. I mean, you know, you, if you're looking at 15 million, I think 15 million would probably be a bargain for a player of his, his standard. So I absolutely back it. And, 
and, and his experience and the fact that he's been in the country. Yes, he hasn't got a lot of game time under his belt the last few seasons. We all know that. But the fact that he has experience in the Premier League, he's lived in England already. That Again, when we talk about that integration, hopefully he's someone who could come in and thrive off a new challenge. And, you know, we do need we, we do need better quality in the centre midfield. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, but, it's, but it's a fair shout. And, you know, maybe he's kind of, you know, from when I when I watch El Nenny, he's kind of like he keeps play ticking along. It's he's very functional. It's an unglamorous role, but he he probably he kind of does that quiet job of kind of marshalling and you know moving the you know moving the ball through the lines, getting it to an attacking player. He'll sit in and let them do their thing. So yeah, he's, he's certainly someone who would. And you're right. It's about comparing it to the players that we have existing in the squad and if they're going to improve them and if we feel that a deal could be sort of. Um, easily made. Yeah, really, really interesting choices there, Norman, from 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 Arsenal, from an existing Premier League team. I think that's a, a market that we can definitely exploit um, with players hungry for first-team football and want to impress and, and, you know, either prove to their parent clubs that they're good enough or find their way, you know, find the next step of their career. So there's definitely, definitely scope there. Now, now another midfielder that's been... Um, doing the rounds in the gossip columns is um, Boubacar Camara um, from Marseille. He's a, he's a, he's a defensive midfielder as well. Um, looks quite an exciting player. Um, again, I think his contract's up in about 18 months, so maybe not um, in a position to, where they have to have to sell, but maybe financial um, situations over, over in France might, might make a, a deal easier. Pete, what do you make of Camara? Do you, do you like him? Are you excited by him? Very much so. Um, his contract actually runs out the summer. Oh, is it this summer? Is it? Yeah, this summer. Um, and that's you know we, we have a little bit of history with Bubakar Kamara because um, we, we tried to sign him in the summer and he kind of he kind of rejected our our approaches in the summer. Um, but with six months left on his contract, he is a he is a supremely talented young defensive midfielder. Um, he has had another very very good season for Marseille, um, and interestingly, um, the ex Arsenal or, or on loan Arsenal player in Guendouzi alongside him, they've become a real formidable partnership together, and they're playing very very well as a unit. But Bubakar Kamara is going to go on to big things. There is no doubt about it, and we have a window. Um, in January, where we can, you know, we can really sort of stamp our authority down and and show what we're about, and and, and put our money uh, where our mouths are, and say, look, we want you to sign for us. We believe we're going to stay in this league, and we believe that we're going to go on to push on to greater things, and we want you to be a part of that uh, that movement. I always look at uh, what sort of Man City did, and they kind of built. Uh, an establishment of young players within the spine of the squad in order to build from. You know, you look at the likes of company that, that they brought in at a young age and 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 kind of he became the, the pillar of, of the club. I think someone like Bubakar Kamara could be that player, that centre midfielder that could really, really um, take us on to the next level. Um, he's a defensive midfielder, but he's also very, very good on the ball. Um, underrated on the ball as well. Really good use of both feet. Um, a, a very, very intelligent player. And, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if he did end up at a Champions League club uh, in January or in the summer. I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest because he's that good. But we have a window. We've already got a history of wanting him to come to us. And I think if we really pursued that interest, 
in a position that we need to strengthen in. I think he would be a, ter- a, ter- a terrific signing for us. Um, and it would save us in the long run a hell of a lot of money. Because with six months on his, left on his contract, Marseille are not in the best position financially. And I don't think they would command a lot of money. I think there was talk about about the 15 million mark, the same as El Nenny, um, who is another very, very good player. And you think, you know, 15 million for a 21 year old that could be worth triple four times that amount in the next few years is nothing. Um, and I feel like we've got a real window to, to get a player of his caliber. And I, and I don't think the player of his caliber at that sort of price will be available in the summer, regardless of if we stay in the league or not. Absolutely. And I think we'll have to be wary that he'll have plenty, plenty of suitors um, after his signature. And we're going to have to do a hell of a selling job if we want to get that done. But, you know, one of the advantages that we have now, one of the <laughs> money talks. And if we if, if if we want to convince him, then, you know, if we can't offer him the, um, you know, cushy top, top half of the Premier League table life that he might be looking for, then we could certainly throw some, uh, you know, a big, a, a huge contract at him. And, you know, it's the kind of place that, you know, we 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 all we're all convinced that once a player comes here and they see the crowd for the first time and take them in, like you know, they'll be hooked. But it's kind of just it's getting them here in the first place and getting them getting them to buy into it. Which, uh, but absolutely, you know, incredibly exciting uh, prospect, as as you say, Peter. And um, it's it, it's one to watch out and one that I think you're right. It's one that we should bust a gut to get done because it's a statement signing. It's a project signing. You know, he could be the face of the new regime if if you wanted to be, and, and, a, and a huge star as well. So, yeah, that, that sounds an exciting one. Um, another exciting name that's been doing the rounds, which is um, maybe not the established striker that we were talking about earlier um, when we were chatting about Nketia, but he's uh, he's absolutely tearing it up in Serie A, is um, Dusan Vlevic, uh, Pete. Go on, tell us about, uh, tell us about Ward Dusan. Um, I'm uh, I'm not messing around with these two players. I'm I'm going for the jugular. Uh, <laughs> I'm going straight for it because uh, again, uh, I, I reiterate the point. The two these are two players that I focused on, and I think the reason being is because they both have a short window where we could exploit and we could we could get the benefits of these two players. Now, uh, Vlahovic uh, Dusan Vlahovic is a, a terrific striker, a, 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 a terrific striker. Again, 21 years old. Um, and and I'll be honest with you, you know, the whole of the top level of Europe will be will be gunning for him come the summer. There's just no doubt about it. Um, in the calendar year, he's got one game. Um, he's got one game in which to break the Serie A record. So the record, I think it stands um, that he equals currently, which is 33 goals. He's he, he's equaled that record alongside Cristiano Ronaldo. The record hasn't been broken, I think, um, or or that record stood in, since 1960, if I'm right in thinking. So a long time. He's about to break that record. He's got one game to do it, and, and there's a high chance he's going to break that record. Um, left-footed, um, strong on his right too, big, tall, um, uh, striker, physically big, uh, a, bu- a bit of a bully as well, which is exactly what we need. What we need, but he, but he's he's not slow. He, he's got pace. He can run in behind and he can travel with the ball long distances. If see if you've seen some of the goals this season that he scored for Fiorentina, um, he will travel distances with the ball and he knows where the net is, um, and that's exactly what we need. And he's only going to get better. Um, as I say, there is a window. 
Um, Fiorentina are are ready to to sell him on. There's there's a transfer clause for this January, looking at around uh, I think it's seventy to seventy five million um, uh, as his buyout, uh, which. We certainly have the money to, to 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 spend on that, and and if you're looking again, looking at that spine, looking at building um, from the ground up, someone like Vlahovic is someone that you can build a team around. You know, is someone that you know at 21 years old could be your striker for the next 10 years, and you could really mount a challenge not just to the top half of the table, but Europe and beyond with him at the forefront. Um, you know, Callum Wilson is a fantastic striker, um, but at 30 years old, he might not see that 10 years through. He certainly won't see those 10 years through. Vlahovic has got a higher chance of doing that. And I actually think those two could play really well as a partnership if Eddie Howe chose to do that. I think those two could work really, really well as a pair. Um, and I think it would allow Callum Wilson to find pockets of space that he doesn't currently find in matches where he could exploit that and, and, and score goals. So a really, really sort of um, mouth-watering prospect is Vlahovic, but we have to act quick. We have to act fast. The Fiorentina have got their last game and then they have a, a winter break. Um, whilst they're off, for me, that is the opportunity for us to be going right. What do you want? How much do you want? How much does the player want? Let's get this deal done. Okay, we've got a window to get it done. Let's get it done. Because if if you want a statement signing, forget your Robinhos from Man City. Forget all the others. He is the statement signing. And I'll tell you what, Uzzah's Newcastle fans would absolutely love him to bits. That's it. I mean, just to give you an idea of his of his record in, uh, in Serie A listeners, um, in 97, again, he's 21. In 97 matches in Serie A, he scored 43 goals and assisted six. So he's basically... You know, that, that's a goal contribution every other game. And he's still very, very young. That's an in, an insane record. Um, he has 70 career goals um, in 155 matches. So considering a lot of that would have been kind of lower league coming off the bench, it, you know, it's impressive stuff. It really is. And like you say, he's ex, ex, exciting signings. Maybe, you know, the fact that he's had a, an excellent 2021 bullying the, the best defences in Serie A, probably puts him in good stead to to come into a Premier League. I don't think he's the kind of player who will get knocked around. Um, he's someone who can, you know, he's strong. And like you say, he's got that lethal left foot. There's just something about a, a left-footed striker that I, I love. Maybe it's from the the days of Christian Vieri that I used to sort of fawn over him um, as a teenager. I thought he was just super. But yeah, like there's just something about, you know, Adriano, another one, you know, just players tearing, tearing up the Italian division uh, with a, with a, with a rifling left peg, it's um, it's very very exciting. But yeah, Pete, absolutely the player who could come in and absolutely improve us, and definitely support Callum Wilson between now and the end of the season as well. Now we'll move on to Norman. Last um, uh, couple of names that we're going to go into. Um, Norman, do you want to fire us off with um, maybe um, a midfielder? I will do. Me, I just want to say quickly on Vlavic. I mean, he would absolutely ignite. The fan base, wouldn't you like immediately? Right, you're, what you've both said there, you're absolutely right. He's a wonderful, wonderful player, and he's he's definitely Serbia's best number nine, right? Um, so the the player that I want to talk about is who's been linked is is Harry Winks, and again, is an interesting one because. I think I spoke to Alex after the Burnley game about potential signings. And I thought, well, if we're looking around at other Premier League clubs for, for Premier League experience, we're in a relegation battle, right? So 
in terms of that kind of spine, the centre of the uh, box to box, a defensive midfielder, you know, getting someone who's got Premier League experience, I think he's got many advantages. And Winks, Spurs fans don't really read them. I've been reading quite a lot of their, their comments, their, their comments boards on Winks, and, and they've been saying things like, I'll drive him up there. If we can get twenty million, it's an absolute, you know, it's a, you know, it's it's a steal. Like get get rid of him, basically. Whereas every time I've seen him, I've always quite liked him. He's a very neat and tidy player. He's got ten caps for England. You know, he's a grafter. He's a good passer of the ball. I think he's got lots of energy. And Conte has put him back in the team recently. Obviously, Spurs have been impacted by COVID. The Christmas games are coming up, so you know Conte has had his reasons for putting him in. But I thought Pochettino got Winks. Playing fantastically well. I mean, he did. He got. He got him in the England squad, basically, right? Um, so, um, I'd very much be happy with um with with Harry Winks coming in, and and obviously, you know, if you're bringing him in alongside someone like Kelly, for example, that to me just improves our team. Like immediately. Don't get me wrong. I'd rather Kamara was the man, right? Kamara is absolutely first choice. But if we're looking for Premier League players, if we're looking for someone who can come in and just kind of like, settle straight away and a deal can, with whom a deal can be done quickly, Winks, I think, would be a good signing, despite what Spurs fans are saying. Well, yeah, because I saw, I, saw, I saw him come on the other day. I was watching that game and he looked really he looked confident when he was passing the ball about. He seemed to have that kind of verve about him again. Um, whereas I think previously, maybe confidence has been an issue. Not you know Nobody's really kind of bought it when given him enough game time. But yeah, Pete, what were you going to mention on uh, Harry Winks? Yeah, um, I think Winks is a really interesting one because, uh, as as Don said, he, he's absolutely correct. Uh, the Spurs fans don't particularly rate him. And I think it's more to do with his stint under Jose Marino. And I think that's 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 that says a little bit more about Jose Marino than it does Harry Winks, if I'm honest with you. And there's no surprise that he's come back into the team recently in that um, Jose Marino wants runners, he wants battlers, he wants grafters, he wants that type of player that's going to put their body on the line. Harry Winks isn't that type of player. He, he, he just isn't. Um, but what, you, what I think Harry Winks coming to Newcastle potentially would signify is is the style of football that Eddie Howe wants to play. He wants to play possession football and there's no better possession football player than Harry Winks because he knows how to transition the ball side to side, up and down, keep hold of possession, feel comfortable in possession in tough spaces. That's what Harry Winks is about. And if you're trying to build a possession side, that's exactly what we need. I, I remember going to Selhurst Park um, and we had Isaac Hayden and, and Sean Longstaff in that midfield. And those guys couldn't keep the ball for any longer than two seconds without either getting it nicked off them or just hoofing it long up the pitch. Someone like Harry Rinks has got a little bit of elegance on the ball. He knows how to control it. He knows how to keep it moving. He knows how to find a player. That's exactly the mould in which Eddie Howe is trying to build his team. So it would make for a fantastic signing if we could get that done. Um, so I, I think, you know what, if Tottenham fans are willing to drive him up there, then I'm willing to meet him up there and, and, and grab him a beer on the way up. So it's no problem for me. <laughs> nice one, feed. <laughs> Norman, um, yeah, last one. Um, Tarkovsky, obviously uh, one of many defenders that have been linked with us. Um, Sven Botman, another one, which we uh, we talked about a little bit um, on the previous transfer show. So if you want to um, catch a bit of chat about Sven Botman, uh, check out our previous show on Patreon. But yes, Norman, um, James Tarkovsky, a, a player who's been seemingly sort of perpetually linked with us. Um, what do you think his chances are of being uh, released by Burnley um, before before the end of the season? Very slim. I'd imagine that if he comes to it, it'll be in the summer. I think he's an. I think he's the absolute ideal signing for where like Tarkovsky is battle hardened, 
He's a very, very good defender. He's a, he's a leader. He would come in. He would come in and he would just make a, a difference, like immediately. He's a, he's a kind of bloke who, even if you're not necessarily defensive minded manager, he's he's that good of a defender. I think you're not good of an organizer. You, what you kind of lose through your manager in terms of the, the, the ability to coach defenses, Tarkovsky would kind of make up a little bit for it because he, he's just that. I think he's that good. He's also been schooled by Sean Dyche, right? And, and ultimately, Dyche, the success he's had with players. I mean, he turned Michael Keane into a thirty million pound England national. Kieran Trippier, same thing. He turned him into England England national of his career since. You know, you look at. I mean, they're not necessarily defenders, but they play in defence. If you're thinking of goalkeepers, Pope and Heaton, right? Both of them, he got them in the England squads. You know, this is a player who who was learned to defend and to lead from somebody who's very good at doing that. And that's Daish. Um, I would love it, mate. I truly would. But ultimately, I get the impression he's the kind of bloke who wouldn't want to leave Burnley halfway through the season anyway. He does seem to come across as someone who who would stay there, ensure that Burnley were okay, and then move on, perhaps. Um, and I also think that Burnley, if they've got any pretensions on staying up in the league, they're not going to allow one of their best players to go to one of their immediate relegation rivals. So do I see him coming in during this window? No. Do I see it happening this summer? Yes. Would I love to sign him? Oh my God, yes, I would. Yeah, that's fair enough. And I, yeah, again, the Athletic were pouring uh, cold water on the Tarkovsky deal last last week, saying that exact thing, Norman, that it is unlikely um, that Burnley would would release them. And Chris Woff echoing the same thing. He doesn't see... Um, he doesn't see that that situation necessarily happen, but I think you're, I think I think what you're saying, Norman's right about not wanting to leave is the club in the lurch. I think that's and because it's such a direct rival this season in terms of you know relegation survival. Yeah, like if we were Burnley, would would we want to be doing that? Probably not. For the sake of a few extra million, you know, you'd probably you'd sooner have him and hope that he keeps you up and then let him go for free at the end of this the season. But you don't know again. We might offer something ridiculous for him just to say, you know, to get our man. You you really don't know. Um, Pete, any more thoughts on Tarkovsky or you? Um, I'm in agreement with, with with Norman, to be honest. I think um, I, the longer this has gone on, uh, the more unlikely it is to happen in January. I think in order for it to happen, we would have to, like, just completely blow Burnley out the water. I'm talking like a 20, 25 million bid for someone that's got six months left on their contract. It would show it would show great intent, but at the same time, I think that money potentially could be used better elsewhere. And, you know, you've mentioned about on the previous transfer show, someone like Sven Botman could be maybe a better alternative for now. Um, and then look at Tarkovsky in the summer. But um, I, I do believe if we stay in the Premier League, Tarkovsky will be a Newcastle United player. I've got no doubt about it. Fantastic. Um, yes, Norman, Sven Botman is a superb name. Um, we really, really should uh, make more of that. Um, <laughs> thank, Norman, Pete, thank you so much for joining us for the Transfer Show. And listeners, thank you very much. Uh, this show is usually on Patreon. Um, if you would like to subscribe to that, please join us if you like what we do. Loads of great shows on there. Just this week, we've had the um, the Christmas fixtures previewed. We've had a great one, which I'm, uh, which I'm almost finished in with uh, Norman and Mark talking about Michael Owen. Um, that's definitely, definitely worth um, your attention. Uh, Mags of Christmas past, uh, Prem Patter as always, and loads, loads more coming up, including the preview um, for the game that hopefully will be going ahead um, on Boxing Day. So thank you very much, everyone, for joining us on True Faith. I've been Adam. Thank you very much to Norman and Pete, and we'll see you next time on The Transfer Show. Cheers. Bye-bye. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.